You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. It is September 8th, 2016. It's a Thursday. We're towards the end of this first week of Congress in session. We really got a lot to talk about with regards to the pathetic capitulation from Republicans. Lots of teachable moments this week. But, you know, you guys already know that. (laughs) In addition, we have many articles on that. We'll get to this next week. I want to address something that I did not address in writing this week. But nonetheless, it is of vital importance. And that is this whole intra-conservative, intra-movement debate among those that range from not being exciting about, excited about the GOP nominee to those who are downright appalled by him, whether you vote for him, you don't vote for him, you stay home, what are you going to do? And this ties into Mark Levin's comments that he's personally going to vote for Trump despite the fact that he can't stand him. Um, you know, his comments are this week on his radio and TV show, lots of comments from, you know, CR fans on it, pro, con, everything. I want to address why I believe this entire question is a straw man. It's not the most important question we should be asking. And why there are much more important things we can be doing as conservatives over the next 60 days that unite us, that are frankly more important, that are frankly within our purview to control than this question, which which is just tearing people apart. Tearing people... I, I see people on social media, either activists, figures in the movement, no-name figures in the movement, who agree with each other on 95% of the issues, agree with each other on 100% of the issues. Yet they just tear each other apart over this philosophical debate. So I, I want to address it and then kind of discuss Mark Levin's comments, Mark Levin's uh, opinion on this, and how nothing has really changed with him. Nothing has changed at CR. We are who we are. We're going to continue to be who we are. Um, I, 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 I want to I start off with this point. Last couple of weeks, we've been talking about immigration. And I noted that this entire philosophical debate over what to do with the 12 million illegals already here is a straw man question. The premise of the question to focus on it is offensive, and it overshadows the more important question of what to do prospectively about immigration. All our principles on immigration. It's not nearly the most important question. It's not important at all at this point. I believe the question of whether you're personally going to vote for Trump or not in the voting booth is the same thing. It's the same thing at this point, and it is not worth conservatives tearing each other apart over. It just isn't. It, 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 it just, it's just not worth it. All, all of us, I think, are in the same boat, and, I, and I'm not including those that downright think he's the savior, but I'm th- saying those that range from being mildly disappointed he's the nominee to those who think he's just a complete dumpster fire and is an anathema to everything we believe and 
you know, it's just going to damage our brand. I, I'm including all those people. I think we should all be able to agree on a lot of things and be able to unite behind a number of things while while shelving this disagreement and just putting it on a on a shelf. I first want to note why I believe the question is irrelevant or pretty much irrelevant. It's meaningless. And then I want to kind of explore what we can do that is more meaningful as, as a conservative movement amongst us, among, among our family of patriots. I don't, I don't mean to be off-putting here, but I mean, there, there's a reality. There aren't that many of us. And what I mean by many of us, I mean individuals that either work in this professionally as conservatives or on a grassroots activist level or just political junkies very interested in this. I mean, those of you who, who listen um, to my podcast, I'm very grateful. Those of you who buy my book, um, who bought my book, who, who read my articles, read our articles here at CR, it, it's a small family. I mean, I, I wish it were bigger. I mean, what, what are we talking about? Maybe 50,000 people? You know, divide that among 50 states. You're talking about 1,000, 2,000 people in any state. The election is not going to turn on what we do. What I mean by that is this. For better or for worse, agree with it or disagree, almost every Republican always winds up voting for the Republican nominee and vice versa on the Democrat side. I mean, this is the nature of the po- political beast, and I hate it. I mean, this is why I, I, I keep saying this lesser of two evils thing. This is why we need to strive to create something better um, because everyone that, – that binary choice is so powerful for people. Um, they're, they're going to wind up doing it no matter what. Your average Republican voter, and when I say your average Republican voter, I don't mean those of you who listened, who are listening to the conservative conscience, who read CR. Because um, that's just not most people in this world. Most people, even, even people that are reliable Republicans, base voters, so to speak, they don't you know, spend hours per week on politics. They just don't. So, I mean, most people just naturally, you know, they're just going to vote for him. They just, that, that's what it is on the Republican side. A big chunk of those who won't, and the polling data shows there are some holes in Trump among Republicans, those are more the other, from the other goalpost, the left goalpost of the Republican Party, your John Kasich voters, maybe a certain number of Marco Rubio voters, who frankly aren't influenced by conservative review, by talk radio. They're going to do what they're going to do anyway. If they're not going to vote for Trump, they're going to, it's probably because they, they're offended by him, you know, for different reasons than many of us. They think he's a racist or whatever. You're not going to change that. Among those on the right, I mean, it's funny. I see these Twitter debates with conservative figures. Like The world is not you. The world is not political Twitter. There aren't that many people that are holding by the point where intellectually they totally understand Trump. They've been following this closely. They're solid conservative, but they're very offended by him. And they're very torn by they, they don't want Hillary, but this guy is such an anathema on a values, on a character level, many, many issues. Even the few issues he sounds good on, he's all over the map, um, not trustworthy. Man, do I do I not vote for him? You know what? Maybe I'm moving more towards voting for him. Oh, man, well, if you vote for him, you're going to now saddle us with Trump. Or if you don't vote for him, you're going to saddle us with Hillary. What I'm trying to say is this whole debate, it, it really is among a family of 30, 40, 50,000 people. And I think I'm being generous with that. The election is not going to turn on that. It's going to turn on Trump himself. He has a much bigger megaphone than any of us. He has the ability to stay on message, you know, actually make the election about Hillary, actually spend money, run a normal campaign, organize. 
and win against the worst Democrat candidate ever, or she'll win. You know, it, it's going to be all those swing voters. And right now, it's you know more likely than not, very likely that Hillary will win anyway. A group of 50,000 or so activists will not determine the outcome of, of an election. Right? It's just, it's just not, not the deal. But, but here's the important thing. Our republic will not rise or fall on your vote for president alone. It will rise or fall based on whether you acquiesce to this corrupt, corrupt system or whether you take your own destiny into your own hands. When it comes to voting... Everyone's involved. I don't mean everyone, but it's a, at least 100 million people. It's just it, 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 this group of kind of very strongly committed conservative patriots, it's not going to matter that much. Now, should we all just go home and stop doing what we do on a daily basis? Are we meaningless? Of course not. Because the deal is this. A group of 50,000 or so activists won't determine the outcome of, the, of an election, especially a presidential election. But they can determine the outcome of a nation. And what I always say is, this is what you do you know, on a personal level. What businesses you patronize. Again, <laughs> that, that, that helps. Are you going to support the transgender agenda by giving your money to AT&T and, mobile and, uh, AT, AT&T and Sprint for your mobile carrier? Or are you going to support our patrons? Like Patriot Mobile. Sign up. Promo code Daniel. They'll waive your um, initial fee. Competitive rates, they give up to 5% of their money to conservative groups. I got to give the plug there because that matters. Moreover, as I've been saying the last number of months, the states fighting back on a state level. Are you going to give money to Pat McCrory, governor of North Carolina, lieutenant governor, our friend, um, Dan Forrest, who's fighting valiantly? I have an article up today where 23 counties in North Carolina are doing what we asked of them. They're saying no to the federal courts. They're saying, screw you. We'll do what we want. We're not having 17 days of early voting. There is no constitutional mandate. So we have a couple of states doing good things. You know, the Revolutionary War was spawned by, again, probably a matter of thousands of people. And, you know, on a leadership level, really hundreds. A small number of us could do a lot on the issues, on state elections, on, on working to create a new party. What I'm, what I'm saying here is it's not worth tearing each other down over this philosophical question. Do what you want. You want to vote for him, vote for him. You don't want to vote for him, don't vote for him. I just don't think it's going to matter. I don't think it's worth tearing each other down. And there are so many better things we can do that I think we could all agree. Look, let me just say this. If you and a friend are arguing, oh, and, and you both agree on everything, and you both pretty much don't like Trump, but one's is like, I can't allow Hillary to win. I was like, no, I can't vote for him. You know, this guy never asked God for forgiveness. He's, he's, he's a terrible human being. I know Hillary is just as terrible, if not worse, and her policies are even worse. But look, God doesn't want that of me. It's just, I, I just, I, I don't want any part of this respect each other but by golly quit fighting for five minutes go to joe miller's website i want to get to this and you know and, and i'm going to do another podcast today actually 
with Joe Miller himself. You're not going to want to miss it. Joe Miller, a candidate in Alaska, our last and only chance to elect a conservative. He's running on the libertarian line. He's not a libertarian, but he's just using it for ballot access. He really has a good chance to win the four-way race. So break your fighting, and can you each give him $20? If every conservative that engages in this debate all day online would would give Joe Miller 20 bucks, we would have shown that we could elect a real constitutional conservative. Really, I mean, I this is a guy I could put my name on. I, I have no problem doing that. I, I do it wholeheartedly. Listen to our podcast with him later. But you, you, we would have shown we could elect a man like this without the Republican Party. And I think that could lay the groundwork because everyone asked me about a third party. It's not going to happen in one tranche. Um, it's going to be a gradual thing, but we need to move in that direction. This is one way of doing it. Many things we could do that that we are influential with. But before we delve deeper into what we can do, I just still want to delve in, into this whole crisis of conscience and what Mark Levin was saying. So I'm getting a lot of mail from people, and, and I know Steve Dace told me the same thing, other people at CR. So you have the Trump people that for so long were saying, all right, you want Hillary to win? Ha, ha, ha. If you even criticize anything the man says and say, look, look you know, we're conservatives. We have to distance ourselves from some of the Marxist things he's saying or the homosexual agenda stuff. I'm, you know, we're going to be who we are. They criticize us. But then we get it from the other end, the never-Trumpers that are just – their whole life is – has, has become consumed and defined by whether you are for or opposed to, to Trump. Oh, so now you're for him? Now now you trust him? Like, well, no, none, none of the above. We're not changing. Mark Levin, as our leader, and, and all of us here Conservative Review, I mean, there is some diversity of thought, but most of us, we've always been consistent on this. We've never changed. We are who we are. We were fighting on all these issues long before Donald Trump came about and was a thing. We are defined by a lot more than whether you are for or for or against Trump. We, we didn't ask for this. We didn't do this. We tried everything we can to avoid this. There's nothing we can do. Right? So you're going to be – inevitably, you're going to have to address issues where Trump is kind of agreeing with you on, some issues where Trump is, is disagreeing on. And because he's the biggest thing in the news, everything you say about an issue is automatically going to be fine. Oh, so now you're for him. Oh, now you're against him. Well, no. We're for the Constitution what we were always for. And Mark Levin's the same thing. Mark Levin didn't change. What Mark Levin did, and, and I encourage you guys, if you, if you only heard the radio show, you're going to want to listen, sign up for Levin TV, Wednesday night's TV show. Um, it's episode 123. He really explains it very well. Um, th- there's kind of a different Mark Levin for TV. I, I just, not that I don't like him on radio, but I like him on TV even more. It's just, it's just a very thoughtful um you know, not for a low info audience, but for a high info audience such as such as you guys. And uh, he really delved into this. Like, yeah, the guy's a dumpster fire. I don't trust anything he says. The guy's basically a dirtbag. What he did to Ted Cruz, the lies, the planting, the salacious stuff, the National Enquirer. This guy doesn't share our values. You know, but he said at the end of the day, I just feel that I need to disclose what I'm personally going to do. And it's going to be one or one of two individuals will be president. It's going to be him or Hillary. There's nothing I can do about that. And Hillary, you know, we do trust. We do trust her. We know exactly what she's going to do. Him, I mean, even 1%, if he's different, it's it's at least somewhat better. This is what he said. He said very clear, I'm not going to be, you know, his term, a rocket 
with the pom-poms. We're going to continue calling the balls and strikes saying, hey, we, no, th- this is not our value. We don't believe in this. We don't believe in Bernie Sanders' economic policy. He, he's not, he didn't get up there and say, well, you know, actually, I'm coming around. Uh, you know, he's really doing some good stuff. Like, no, <laughs> it was very pragmatic. He gave it straight. Right? It wasn't, oh, so now you're for Trump. Nothing changed. He was just saying, and he wasn't patronizing anyone and certainly talking down. He said, this is what, and this is what Ted Cruz meant when he said, vote your conscience. There, there's two, in my mind, very equally invalid thought processes. One goes like this. One is, look, there's a limit, there's a floor to a binary choice. This man has never asked God for forgiveness. He's the most arrogant man around, and, and not just arrogant for a politician. This guy is the embodiment of everything all of us in our churches, synagogues, work on as human beings not to be. Um, he's, he was a liberal for most of his life. Even now, he's a liberal on many issues. Even the issues he's conservative on, he flips back and forth. And and, and even the issues that he's actually common sense, and, he, and, 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 and it's stuff we've been starving for for a long time, because of the dumpster fire, it reflects badly and hurts those issues. I mean, like I noted a couple of weeks ago, the messenger matters. And the guy is dumb as anything on so many issues. Just last night, he was asked about cybersecurity, and he was talking about how great the cyber is. And he and you could tell he literally had no idea what they were talking about. I mean, that's weapons-grade stupidity. You know, I love these people are all, all of a sudden joining our bandwagon to be anti-elitist. And they think being a dumbass is, is, is synonymous with being anti-elitist. Like, no, no, no. The elites are dumb. The political class, is they're dumb. You don't have to be dumb, too. It, it, being dumb and uninformed is not a virtue. If you don't know what you're up against and don't understand the issues, you, you're not going to fight for us. Oh, he's a fighter. Right? This is one way of thinking. The, phila- the philandering, the, the bragging about his values, the bragging about the nudity of his wife to this day, the bragging about National Enquirer and planting the stories he did. That, that's a problem. Oh, but Hillary's worse. You know what? At that point, let it be in God's hand. I'm not. I'm not saying this is fully what I believe. I'm saying that is one side of this debate. The other side is, I agree. But at the end of the day, what do you want from me? You know, there's two choices, and you know, this guy might be a doofus. He might be a terrible human being. But Hillary's all that. Plus, you know, she's a criminal. She has the Muslim Brotherhood and Al Qaeda on speed dial. Um, you know, he. Trump can't possibly be worse than her, and maybe on a couple of issues he'd be better. Again, I'm talking among those that aren't bought into the fact that Trump is some sort of savior. Everyone, those who pretty much agree with each other. right? Those are two very differing views. And Levin didn't really... He didn't fully embrace the latter point of view, you know, the, just focusing more on, on how Hillary is worse in terms of philosophical debate it was more in terms of this is how i'm personally going to vote again i i I don't want to waste more time debating these two points debating these two sides it's not worth it i I just don't believe it's going to matter that much this is out of our hands it's not like it was maybe before the convention you could have a debate well it matters because if you believe this then we should replace him we should replace him with a new uh with a new candidate at the convention i mean you know that that that's passed. At this point, the sixty days left. It's going to f- rise or fall on its own merits. I, I think there's valid points on both sides. Um, binary choices are very powerful. That argument is very powerful. But on the other hand, there are there is a limit to it. 
there is a floor. Like I said, I mean, would you vote for David Duke if he was a Republican nominee? I'm not comparing Donald Trump to that. I'm just saying, trying to illustrate there is a floor. To some people, this is their floor. To some people, it's not quite their floor. I mean, would I warn everyone in, in, in some of these Senate races with these rhinos? No, I will not vote for the Republican. I'm, I'm downright telling people. And now in Alaska that we actually have a choice on a third party, no, don't vote for Lisa Murkowski. At some point, we have to say no. This is why we are where we are. But again, this is, it's too philosophical. It's too, it's too deep to even matter. It's too abstract at this point. It's not, if you share one of those two views and your friend shares another one, but you agree with each other, don't tear each other apart. Here's what you should do. Join me in, in, in helping fight for Joe Miller in Alaska. In Alaska. Fight for your state legislatures and, and your semi-decent governors. And, and, and like I said, governors, even if they're not... A, I have a different threshold for governors and senators because if you're a rhino senator, you're worthless. But a governor, we at least have a fighting chance because they're not involved in the federal government and they could, we could use the states as a platform to fight back. Whereas if you have a Democrat, there's nothing we can do. But certainly a state like North Carolina where Republicans are doing some decent things there, we got to fight for them. And then we got to fight on the issues too. Our, again, our republic doesn't end with elections. You do have the individual legislative battles that we're going to fight. Look, all these people, if we had the 50,000 people we're talking about, let's just give a number, 50,000 people. If they would all flood Capitol Hill, write, to, call in to, to your radio show, make this an issue, call your congressman, meet with him. No jailbreak legislation. No passing a budget bill unless it defunds the refugee program. No passing a budget bill unless it defunds the Iran deal. I mean, the issues you don't have 100 million people voting on. A small group of us can matter. We have other elections other than the, at the ballot box. Every legislative battle is an election. Except the difference is a small group of people could really influence the outcome. Every revolution is like that. Look at the left. How many people in this country are obsessed with transgenderism? A couple hundred? And yet... Every single county government is dealing with it. I mean, you see the power of the other side. This is what we need to do. Oh, man, I don't know. There's not a Trump. Uh, Trump or not Trump. No, put that on a shelf. It's a dumpster fire. It's like, what do you do with Syria? What do you do with the Middle East? You make the clean plays you can make that are in our interest, that do further our interest, that don't cost us anything or cost us much to employ the use of soft power, supporting Sisi in Egypt, supporting Jordan, as it relates to multiple enemies, let them kill each other. In this case, you might disagree over whether it's letting them kill each other or you want to support Trump. But fine, put that on a shelf. Let's do what we can do. Join us on the 50, 60, 70 issues we, we write about on a monthly basis at Conservative Review that are so important that so many others don't pick up on. Let's rally for North Carolina. Let's, you know, I would love to start a rally. A rally against judicial tyranny and for state sovereignty. That's something we can influence people on. Again, supporting conservative businesses like Patriot Mobile is another one you could do. Boycotting Target. And then working to start this third party, and I really call it a second party, a new party that stands for our constitutional values, but that also appeals to something new, speaks to disenchanted Democrats and independents, it's not going to start in one shot, but on some states, on a state level. We're going to discuss that in the next podcast. 
with Joe Miller in Alaska that we now have our first opportunity ever to really elect one of us on a third party ballot and, and, and tell everyone else to go screw themselves. I mean, this is something that I think we could really be proud of. These are things we can do. You know, as we fight with each other, why not put down your weapons against your friend and fl- you know, flood state and federal offices on individual issues that we could still influence? These issues matter. And like I said, don't, don't throw your hands up. Oh, the, the guys who are elected are terrible. I'm going to surprise you with this thought process. But I have a lot of faith in Congress. No, not the congressmen, but the institution. Even this is one of the things that has gotten better since our founding. Everything has gotten worse, but the potency of Congress. Now, the problem is the other two branches control everything. The power has been taken away. But the reason why I've advocated my book, and, and I'd really appreciate it if you guys go go to Amazon.com, order Stolen Sovereignty, How to Stop Unelected Judges from Transforming America, and the reason why I have so much faith is not because of the elections. As we noted, we have a hard time winning elections because the other side lies, cheats, steals. They have all the money, have all the power. But on the few issues that the other branches don't control, and the more we could get stuff back to Congress, you have another major election, and that's the dramatic legislative vote. And when, it, when it's on an issue that people clearly understand – the advent of social media has actually made it a lot easier. You know, websites like Conservative Review to blow things up. I mean, I, I see this on a daily basis. Basis, if I blow something up, you know, you have in these committee, these committees, Homeland Security Committee. Oh my gosh, Daniel blew this up, and yeah, they're on to us, and they, you know, and then they have to try to, you know, lie and change their bills and everything. But we're on to them. Imagine if, and this is why I want to, you know, change certain the way we do certain things. Um, let's take let's take immigration for example. When was the last time a bad immigration bill passed? It's been years. They can't pass it. Now, unfortunately, the courts and the executive are doing all the bad stuff. But imagine if every fiscal year, this is an issue I bring up in my book, the Refugee Act of 1980 would expire, and they would have to vote anew on a refugee program. So in other words, if they, wouldn't pa- if they would fail to affirmatively pass a new bill, you would have no refugees. Could you imagine if every member had to stand in front of the people and vote to bring in Syrian refugees, it would never pass. We would. Bl- I'm confident we could blow that up. The 20, 30, 40,000 of us could easily do that. This is how we got rid of John Boehner. You don't need 100 million people. You don't need to win an election. You could even lose an election and come back and win on the issue. And this is what we have to remember. I just, I, I, I fundamentally reject the notion that on, on both sides of this debate, Either we're all going to die if Hillary wins, and again, it's going to be miserable, or some people on the exact opposite, oh my gosh, Donald Trump cannot be allowed to win and represent us. I mean, either way, it is what it is. We're limited in what we can do in terms of that outcome, and right now there's nothing we can do, in my view, to influence that, irrespective of what some of us as a family decide to do when you're personally in the ballot box. Again, our republic will not rise or fall on your vote for president. It's going to rise or fall on whether you submit to this system. Whether you're willing to acquiesce to this failed, this failed process, this failed future, or whether we're, we're, we're going we're to join together 
chart a new course, make the plays we can make, fight on the battles we can influence. One thing I could tell you for sure, God does not want us to rip up friendships, especially among, it's funny, I mean, you could argue philosophically even, you know, friendship with a liberal, but certainly among guys that agree, we're all conservatives, we're all anti-establishment conservatives, we're all, we're all in the same boat. It's not worth it. And, and this is really Mark Levin's message. He just wanted to say, full disclosure, this is what I'm doing. Now, personally, I never wanted to do this just because people get the wrong idea and then they start debating it. And this is why I refuse to answer the question of what to do with the 11 million illegals. And I changed the topic because that's not, that's not the, the question we should be talking about now. Once you start debating it, everything becomes defined by that. Same thing here. Once you start talking about whether you're going to vote for Trump or not, everything just goes downhill from there. And it's just it's a waste of time and resources now. That's the thing. Let's let's make a list together. Tweet me at RM Conservative. Send me emails. Besides for North Carolina, what other stars are running that we need to raise awareness? You know, have conservatives come in, campaign for them, donate to them, whether they're governors, lieutenant governors, state legislatures in play, even attorney general uh, candidates. I want to do this in the future. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some articles on this because AGs are going to be very important, especially if Hillary wins and we want states to fight back against the executive fight back against the courts. AGs are very important. Um, there's a, there, there is a guy running in Missouri. That's one of the States where that God knows why still has a Democrat attorney general where we could, you know, turn that over. These are the battles that we can do cleanly where there is no crisis of conscience with the presidential level. <clears throat> there's a crisis of conscience. And when you have a crisis, like-minded people in unideal situations do different things. And again, you you have to respect that. And also, it just fundamentally doesn't matter. The election is not... Wh- whether you're one who, who is rooting for one outcome or another or is kind of indifferent and believes the whole thing is a dumpster fire, this debate is not going to co-sign us to a specific outcome. It's more broadly with the general electorate that's just not influenced by these venues, these debates, these online websites, these radio shows. So again, let's keep the faith. Let's pray together. Let's let's do what the Constitutional Congress did when they were just out of options. You just turn to God, turn to prayer. Let's pray for, for a path forward. I promise you guys from my end, I'm just one person, but I'm going to be working day and night to explore, to discover new ways, new vehicles, to implement our old and timeless principles without changing who we are. We're not changing who we are. Mark Levin is not changing who he is. It's quite transparent. We're out of time here. Thanks, as always, for listening. Make sure to tune into our next episode with Joe Miller. Rockstar running for for Senate in Alaska. You're not going to want to miss that. But until then, this has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience. Conservative Conscience.